Hi, I'm Dennis Cornelison. If you downloaded this, then you probably already know that Darker Projects is one of the premier producers of quality audio fiction on the internet. But did you ever wonder what goes on behind the scenes? This podcast takes you inside the creative process with interviews from various cast and crew members. You'll find out things you never knew. Welcome to Behind the Scenes at Darker Projects. I'm Eric Busby, the creator of Dark Projects, yada, yada, yada. I imagine you know that already. Uh, I've been asked some questions, so uh, here we go. Zombies, the undead, stuff like that. I've been often asked uh, why I'm attracted to them, what makes the dark stuff so interesting. God's honest truth, it used to terrify the hell out of me. I remember when I was a lot younger, we lived next to a graveyard and never thought anything about it. I mean, it was just part of the uh, the yard next door. So I always thought, I mean, I could remember looking out the back window and, hey, there are some graves over uh, across the street or something. No, not across the street, across the hedges. And I never, like I said, never really thought anything about it. And then uh, one day on Halloween, in fact, uh, my uh, father uh, took my brother, sister, and I, and we went into this uh, old theater where they were showing a movie called Night of the Living Dead. Now, I had no idea what that was about, but uh, quickly learned that uh, what a flesh-eating zombie was, and the whole concept of the movie, more than the movie itself, scared the hell out of me. I mean, if you take a look at the film now, it's kind of uh, has a sort of cheesy quality. you got these stumbling people around, and they're like eating chicken bones or whatever. I mean, the special effects could definitely have used a little work, but uh, the, it's the whole idea behind the movie that scares the hell out of me. It's like the dead are coming back to life. You can't reason with them. You can't talk to them. They're not like your friends and family anymore. They exist for one goal, and that's to basically feed upon you or kill you, and what's even worse is you'll come back as one of them. And there's nowhere you can go. There's nowhere you can hide. You can try and board up the windows, but sooner or later, they're going to get in, and they're going to come for you. And that, that, that idea really stayed with me. It scared me so much. And I remembered thinking, like, afterwards, I would look out the window and see the graveyard across the hedges, and I'd be, like, just waiting for a zombie to come along. I, for a long time, I started sleeping with a light on. <laughs> and uh, I, I refused to have anything to do with that. I reached into my coat and pulled out an old glass syringe. Searching the arm of the dead man, I found a vein and plunged the needle in. The blood was very thick and dark, but I couldn't help but wonder if it contained the answer to what I was looking for. Sorry about that, I muttered, pulling the syringe out and replacing the cap. But I need a sample of your blood. But considering the dead man's present condition, I doubted he'd mind very much. Then again, I could have been mistaken about that. This really can't be good. The dead man was alive once more, if alive was the right choice of word. But of one thing I was certainly sure, he was no longer human. His fingers had turned into long, talon-like claws. His teeth had turned razor-sharp. The creature lashed out at me. 
The creature turned and ran off into the night. I wouldn't have minded so much, but I'd lost the sample of its blood. Not to mention he just ruined my favourite coat. I really went into science fiction, didn't want to think about horror, none of the dark stuff. Uh, then uh, I wound up living in Maine, and I was at the video store one day, seeing pretty much everything they had, and here was this copy of Dawn of the Dead, and I'm thinking, like, well, I'm an adult now. Surely this won't bother me. So I rented it, watched it, and was petrified, and wound up sleeping with the lights on for several weeks. And then maybe a couple of years later, there's Day of the Dead, which was the third of the so-called trilogy then, and I figured, well, <laughs> I'm over uh, Dawn of the Dead, I'll just rent this one now. <laughs> yep, sleeping with the lights on again. So it, it, it's really quite a terrifying concept to me. Uh, and it's also very exciting. It's like, how would you live in this world? How would you survive day to day? How, how, how would you go about finding the the items people need to uh, survive with, like medicine and food. And that's always kind of stirred my imagination more than anything else. And as time has gone on, I've become more of a fan of the genre. I've learned to appreciate it more. It doesn't really scare me now. It's something I actually find fun. Like when Land of the Dead came out, I was like there on opening day. and Boy, that was a lot of fun. I was in the audience with a bunch of people dressed up like zombies, and it was great. So, yeah, I really enjoy the film. It's been something I'm interested in, and the whole idea of it, uh, modern society collapsing, which is something I've always wanted to see happen, uh, and how do you get by? Like, uh, there's no help coming. You can't, like, rely on the police or the army. You're on your own, and everywhere you go, there are these things that just want to kill you, and I think that's a great setting for some sort of stories. Not so much the uh, zombies itself, but sort of like the human angle, like uh, what makes us a person? I mean, would you like revert and become sort of almost a savage and maybe in your own way worse than a zombie, you'd like prey upon other survivors so you can continue to survive? Or would you try and unite with others and band together and fight against the zombies and try and eke out some sort of uh, meager living? These, I think, uh, are very interesting. Say what you like about him, but he sure knows how to get people's attention. It's okay, folks. The Borg are not invading the station. Bishop here is part of the Defiant crew. You can go about your business. You know, Bishop, maybe you should change your name to Killjoy or something. And why would I wish to do that? Because whenever you turn up, people tend to get worried and scared. Borg drones do tend to do that to people. But I'm no longer part of the collective. Why should they then fear me? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's the way you dress. That Borg armor can't be good for your social life. I have had several of my implants removed. Some, however, cannot be removed at this time. Nothing new there. So what do you want, Bishop? Me? I want nothing. I'm simply exploring this station. I find it quite fascinating. I wasn't aware you or Lieutenant Breeze here were present. Find anything interesting? Indeed. I've discovered the starship Defiant is here. Ah, Bish. You know the Defiant? The ship we came here on, don't you? I'm not talking about our Defiant. I'm talking about the original Defiant. NCC-1764. It's here. It's located at one of the docking ports of the station. 
<sighs> Vampires, however, are sort of a different. They've kind of got an almost sort of a gothic appeal to them. And I've always kind of liked the gothic look, even before I knew what goth was. I've always used to go around saying, uh, I don't like evil, but damn, I like the way they dress. I like the, the black and the, uh, the ensemble and just sort of like the paleness. I mean, I've always been attracted to women who are like dark raven hair and they got that goth fishnet stocking thing going for them. I mean, I've always liked that better than uh, the ditzy blonde you get with a Britney Spears or something like that. And that's just always been interesting to me as well. It's, that was where I originally created my uh, character of, uh, well, eventually became Byron. But when I first started him out, he was Bishop. Basically, Bishop was an enigmatic character. He was very mysterious. He had an agenda that was all his own. And I used to write short stories about him. And I would, I was doing this like 15 somewhat years ago. And the idea was that uh, Bishop was trying to, uh, well, he's trying to save the world, but not necessarily for the reason that your average hero would want to save the world. He was saving it for his own agenda as sort of an anti-hero. He's doing the right thing, but not necessarily for the right reasons. As time went by, eventually Bishop, uh, when I started working and writing on the uh, on a Star Trek mail list, uh, Bishop became one of the characters there, and I made him a Borg. I was going by the handle Bishop then, and they somehow just dubbed me Bishop. So when I eventually came around to doing darker projects with things like uh, the Byron Chronicles, uh, I needed to find a new name for lead character Bishop because I was having Bishop turn up in the Section 31 files. I thought it would look a little strange if Bishop was also turning up in the Bishop Chronicles. So I went about looking for a pretty cool name that I liked and came up with Byron. And the Byron Chronicles are pretty much a uh, evolution of the Bishop stories I used to tell. And that's where Byron comes from right now. And I've just actually finished writing the latest script for Byron, which will start delving more into the mystery of who and what he is and what his own agendas are, although I'm not spilling all the beans on that one yet. Ah, appointments. A broken arm. Hmm. Doctor, who the hell are you? And what are you doing on this ship? Ah, yes, Nazine, the Orion officer. Nice to meet you in person. I was told to report here. Your captain needed a ship's surgeon, and considering everything he's done for the Orion government, well, they felt it prudent to supply someone. Me. Right. I'd like to have a word with you in your office, please. I am a little busy, but there's nothing that can't wait if you insist. I insist, Doctor. Have a seat, Doctor. I'll make this brief. I don't know who the hell you are, but if you're serving on this ship, then you better start comporting yourself with some damn manners, or I'll have you before the captain so damn fast. If that is the case, sir, then I would appreciate the opportunity to lodge a complaint with the captain about your complete ignorance Listen, of- boy. I'm not in the mood to play games here, Doctor. You're lucky I didn't have you thrown in the brig. If you have problems with the chain of command, you're more than welcome to go back to wherever it was that you came from. And if you ever disrespect another officer in public again, Mr. Kier, 
I will take a personal interest in seeing that your stay here is very unpleasant. Funny. I always thought disrespect was a noun, sir, not a verb. Disrespect me, doctor, and you will feel a pain unheard of in your lifetime. I would not dream of disrespecting a higher-ranking officer, sir, just as I am sure that you would not dream of disregarding orders. I'm going to confirm your identity. Find out why you're here. In the meantime, you have patience to attend to, doctor. I'll leave you to your work. Oh, and welcome aboard the Excalibur. I actually like Byron a lot. In some ways, he's sort of like uh, in a, a, a mixture of uh, partly myself. Uh, what I've always enjoyed from Doctor Who as well, like Doctor Who, dark, mysterious character. That's always kind of been more interesting than the bubbly, let's go wear a scarf and eat a bunch of jelly babies, Doctor Who type character. I've always been more interested in, say, the uh, Sylvester McCoy Doctor who was always on top of everything and manipulating people. So there was a bit of infusion of that environment, as well as the sort of uh, Sherlock Holmesness about him that I really enjoyed. So that's uh, where Byron is right now. And I hope that answers a lot of questions. I started Darker Projects mostly on a lark. I uh, was on a Star Trek mailing list and I was experimenting with audio with the internet being faster these days. Uh, I figured what the heck I could do audio. And I remember that some of the people on the list uh, said, oh, that's, that'll never work. The internet just can't handle people doing audio. And I'm like, uh, okay, can I try it anyways? And they're like, well, you can try it, but uh, I don't think it's going to work. And lo and behold, now they've started their own groups up and all these other things. So in a way, I feel kind of proud that I've been able to spawn something. Although I don't like to think I started this. I like to think that I got inspired from others who have been doing this a long time and maybe others have been inspired by me and so on and so forth. Darker Projects has been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of changes in it over the time. Things evolve. Things will change. That's one thing I have come to accept, even though I'm not a big fan of change. I never have been. But uh, for things to grow, they do have to change. Like, uh, when I originally started Darker Projects, all I did was fan fiction. Lots of fan fiction. Let's do this. It's fan fiction. Yada, yada, yada. Now, uh, if you take a look at a lot of stuff that Darker Projects does, it's more professional oriented. We actually get it broadcasted on XM satellite and, like, radio stations across the nation. And, in fact, we had an offer from up in Canada to uh, broadcast some of our stuff, including some of our fan fiction. I generally only stick, the only fan fiction I like to stick with is uh, Star Trek because I have uh, cool ideas for it. And I'm doing the Byron Tales right now, which is another thing I'm kind of like trying to really focus more on because that's something about myself. That's, it's very important. I really enjoy what I'm doing with it. I enjoy where it's going. And that's about everything. And as they say where I'm from, that's all the news that's fit to print. So I hope this answers some of your questions, and I hope you all have a very good day. You've been listening to Behind the Scenes at Darker Projects. Featured in this episode was Dark Lord Eric Busby. Theme music by Oakman's Dreamland. 
Downloads available at soundclick.com. Additional music by Machines Way V2. Look for their hard rock and metal tracks on garageband.com. The producer of this series is Ellie Hirschman. Post-production on this episode by Dennis Cornelison. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. For more audio and podcasts, please visit darkerprojects.com.